It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Okay, so that's exactly it. 
two prayer languages, one praying in your natural language, where you're utilizing the word of God and you're praying his word back to him. And then the second one is praying in your heavenly language, where you're utilizing the gift of speaking in tongues in your prayer life. And um, as the study says, you can say again, Providing protection, you're doing some advanced praying about things that you don't know. Okay, and then the breaking of barriers is also giving you um, revelation on how to pray. Because sometimes we don't know what to pray for. You know, you make you you're faced with a situation, uh, everything in a sense, all hell is breaking loose in your life, and you don't know which way to go. You really sometimes don't know what to pray for. So we have to be cautious about our prayers because remember when we make our prayer requests. Our Father, Heavenly Father, hears what we have to say, and He honors it. And so sometimes we pray for stuff, and when we get it, like, huh? It wasn't supposed to be like this. So you, you don't know what you're praying for. So you pray for things, and you make requests for things that you're not really, not really what you want. You know, um, I spoke to a young lady a few days ago, and she was talking about, I know she had prayed for a husband. And now she's been married a couple of years, and I feel like, this ain't what I want to do. So you, you have to be careful what you pray for because what glitters over there in Sister Ann's uh, yard ain't going to glitter in your yard. Or you don't even understand what makes it glitter because there's some work put into, he wanted to be married, there's some work that needs to be put into being married. So when you see a married couple, they're happy, they're having fun and look like everything is going well, you don't know what happened behind the door. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So you can't pray prayer that are kind of envious prayers of what you, ooh, it looks like they're so happy. I want to be married one day. Oh, it looks like they got to, ooh, look at their kids. They kids so nice. I want to have kids one day. And you come home and you got a uh, prayer group for a child. <laughs> because you don't, you don't know the work that it takes. You know? So we have to make requests that are suitable for us. And when we utilize our heavenly language, it will give us guidance and revelation on the requests that we make. It will help change our, our thoughts sometimes about the stuff that we want because we want to please our flesh and we'll be again to pray for things that's going to please us in a spirit way. Okay? Um, as I, I gave the testimony before about when I prayed for a husband. Well, when I prayed for a husband, I didn't pray for a husband so much as to satisfy my naturalness as much as I prayed for a husband to satisfy uh, things of my life. I had two daughters, and I wanted them one to have a father. That was important to me because I knew the disadvantages that I felt growing up without a father. I knew the disadvantages I felt when Daddy couldn't drive me to the football games, and I had to ride with my friends and a father, and he would stop at McDonald's, and if I had money, I could get something, but if I didn't have money, I sat in the car. I had one friend, they family was really They didn't always have stuff. <laughs> so now I had no money, I was in trouble. You know, so uh, so that, that was one of my prayer requests as it pertains to having uh, praying God praying for a husband. And then I wanted somebody who wanted to be with me as an individual. But it had nothing to do with my flesh in the sense of satisfying fleshy needs as much as it, it really dealt, I guess, with my spirit man in a sense. And I didn't quite understand it when I was doing the thing, but that was my prayer request. Um, so <laughs> I got what I asked for. Amen. <laughs> so my point is that God honors your request. Whatever request you make, that's why you have to make your request 
with a careful thought about what you're asking for. Okay? Not just making a request. I'm thinking it is, I'm going, Lord, give me so and so and so. You're like, where, where did this come from? So those are our two prayer languages. Um, in Ephesians 6, 17, 20, 20, it talks about taking the helmet of salvation and the word of God. Um, the benefits of praying in the spirit we found in Jude 1 and 20, revelation from God. Faith is supernaturally, your faith is supernaturally strengthened when you pray in the spirit. Um, I found that I, when I utilize my gifts to pray, um, my other anxieties that I have as an individual that I naturally apart from me sometimes uh, are diminished, they're lessened. So I don't anger as quick. I don't, I'm not shaken as quick about things because if I spend time, a lot of times praying in the spirit, this is just me personally. This is not something I'm, you know, when I spend my time praying in the spirit, when I walk into the, to the uh, doors of my job, if all hell's breaking loose, I can walk through like um, on the beach or something, it don't bother me. But if I have not spent time in prayer, especially praying in my heavenly language, when I get to work, soon as I see the carpet flipped up, why is the carpet flipped up? Somebody's going to, you know, now I'm all worked up about the carpet being flipped up. I find myself being more self-controlled when I spend that time. And I'm glad I learned how to, to use my gift of contribute in my prayer life because, again, it's important that we have self-control because our self-control helps us to be able to do what Jesus would want us to do. Because we think about situations and evaluate them before we act it. But when you're not self-controlled, you just react. And sometimes we react and it, it hurt us or it causes a lot of pain for somebody else. You know how you get when you get in an argument. You're going to say, and you go to the lowest blow, and your intent is just to win the argument, not so much to hurt the person that you're arguing with. But then when you're done and it's all said and done and you have a conversation later, you'll find out that some of the things you said were so painful and it pierced that person so deep. So if we spend time in prayer, we spend time especially praying in our heavenly language, it will give us a filter, it will give us protection, it will give us strength to endure the battles that we're going to face. Because every day that we wake up, we're going to face some battles. Because just because we are children of God, the enemy is laying in wait for opportunities to trip us up. So we got to be prepared. We can't be like the police officer that goes to work without a gun. And a lot of times, that's what we are. We get up in the morning, and we don't give God no time. We don't give God no time while we're traveling to where we're going. And we get there, we got a gun with no bullets. So we get out there fighting folks with a knife stick. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being able to use the word of God and use it, uh, spiritual reasoning about situations. Um, I had a friend uh, that worked with us on last year retired last year. And my friend, she would come to work and she would be so crappy and crabby and so crazy. And I was like, oh my God. When I would see her in that condition, I would pray for her because I understood where she was. Now there were others that didn't understand. She was a cancer survivor and she was experiencing some medical issues during that time. And when your body is physically ill, if you don't have a good spiritual connection, sometimes you're going to last out and you're going to be is really insane person when you are ill. It's not that you are just that insane person, maybe you are. But you know, but for the most part, when you're ill, your illness will cause you to react. 
will cause you to act out, will cause you to say things. But some of the time, some of the conversations that she had with some of the children, knowing that we work with children with special needs, some of it was very inappropriate. You know, because when girl was up, you know, like, her hands off him, you know, because she got so roused up. But in her natural self, in her normal, without being feeling ill, she probably would never have done it. You understand what I'm saying? But that's why it's important for us to have a prayer life because I couldn't jump you know, because he, that's the same kid that he'd be in the head. You know, like, oh, you know, go ahead. <laughs> you know, I can text you. I'm not going to let everybody see what's happening. But I could not allow that to happen, you know, because I know that's not the appropriate thing. And as believers, we're, we have to not only, we're not only praying for ourselves, but we have to intercede for others. Not just our household and our family members, but for other people. Because when you intercede for other people, it also benefits you. It allows you to be in a peaceful, more harmonized environment and allow things for your life to flow easy when you're interested. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. Like my client, you know, she came, you know, had five strokes and eight four. Going online one eye, she was out there, and she said, I'm going to do it. But, you know, I call them these kids, you know, doing it. Like, right to like a hospital or something. And she said, she came over, she brought her this, brought her that. So I said,
But I mean, when I, as, as a child growing up, my mother, we did not go to Bible study. We went to church every Sunday. And I didn't necessarily go to Sunday school because we didn't have a car, so we rode with somebody else, and they didn't go to Sunday school. But I went to BCU, which was called that, was that the training me, where I still got some teaching. But I can understand, because you're telling me to put on the whole arm of God. What is that all about? You know, you're telling me to pray. You know, and that's why I tell uh, a lot of times, you don't just tell people to pray because people don't understand what prayer is. Sometimes you have to pray for them. And the prayer is that, Lord, they will come to a place where they will learn to get to know you, which means that they will have a connection with somebody somewhere, if, if, even if it's looking at TV evangelism, where they will begin to learn of God and who he is, and then learn how to pray and talk to him as their heavenly father, accept him as Lord. But we, we can't always just tell people, don't pray, just pray, because they don't even really understand. It's like I can tell you, go take the psychology session, then you can become a psychologist. Yeah, you know what I'm You know what I'm saying? You're pushing them out that blind. But as believers, what we can do for people is then intercede on their behalf. We can pray for them. We can help to encourage them and take them by baby steps to help lead them if there's somebody that is willing to listen to you. Okay? Don't force it on them. But then if you can't even give them the word, then you need to give them your life of love. Okay? Of the children of God, this is the same type of thing. 
when your children come to your house, they have the privileges that you allow them to have within the range of your house. But if the kids that live four doors down come to your house, they don't have the same privilege. As children of God, we have a privilege. We have some special privileges that a lot of times we don't take heed to until it's 911, until it's an emergency. God, I need to come right now. You know, you can quit, Lord. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we can call them in a hurry. And we know, we, I mean, we probably speak in tongues if it's in a hurry. If it's a 911, that you need God to, to be right there, Johnny, on the spot. But we have to learn to make preparation before the 911. I can tell pre-trade legal. And one thing they used to always tell me as a, uh, a consultant is be careful of 911. Because people who were 911, who needed legal services, Immediately, they're going to buy your service, and after they buy your service and they get done with what they need, they're going to drop you. And every time they, they, somebody got dropped, I got, I lost money. When you buy, I gain money. So I get, at one time, I got this nice big bonus check because I sold a whole bunch of prepaid legal you know, in a short period of time. I got a shirt and all this kind of stuff and a pen, and they was calling my name over the airway at the end of the month. I had lost over half of what I gained. Why? Because the people, a lot of people that I had signed up during that time were 911. And that's how we do God. And if you are we in trouble, we write on it, we're gonna pray every day, we're gonna you know, we're gonna be on it, we're gonna be nonstop until we get what we want. And once he answered that prayer, I pray, you know, I, I couldn't wake up this morning, so I was running late for work. Uh, I prayed for a little bit. But then you get off work and you hear everything that's going on and da 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 You end up being like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm going to get on this And you're going to say this little simple, quick prayer like, ah. That's how we treat them. But I wonder how, why would you treat someone who loves you so much in a manner such as that? Well, sometimes we treat people the way we treat them because we don't understand how to love other people. So we treat people how we, what we understand love to be. But when we learn how much God loves us. Learn how much He cares and He protects and He watches over us. How much He intercedes on our behalf. And we need to be able to love Him back. And we can't love Him as much as He loves us, but we need to love Him a lot. As much as we possibly can within ourselves. Amen. Because that's how much He loves us. He loves us so much that He gave His Son gave His life. Well, I don't think any of us really want to die for but you know, we have to, we have to, you know. It may have to be some, like some of the people that are martyrs and, you know, they'll do it. But, I mean, it is what it is. We know what we are. But even becoming a martyr is a glory process. People who are a part of the terrorist group, they are groomed in what their teachings are from infancy. So by the time they become 20, 19, 20, they don't, they don't care. They're back from the cause. Because from infancy, They've been groomed to be who they are and to believe whatever it is that they believe. Now, it, would be a, it would be wonderful if the Christian family could be groomed from infancy to love God. Because by the time we get, we wouldn't even care. We're like, okay, Jesus, whatever. But I'm going to stand on your word and I'm going to do what I have to do. Like the young lady who uh, refused to sign the same sex marriage, uh, marriage license. You know, you get to that point in life. Throw me in jail. Lock me up. But it's a growing process to get there. Amen. We're going to talk about our position in Christ. 
But when we talk about your position in something in this particular instance, we're talking about our rights. You got a right, a certain right in Christ because you are God's child. Can someone find Genesis, the third chapter, verses 8 through 10? Genesis 3, 8 through 10. Understanding our rights, we understand uh, we are to pray. We must not first understand our position in Christ. For too many years, we have come to God as poor, lost sinners. <clears throat> we have come to him with feelings of unworthiness and condemnation. That is not who we are. That is not who we are. But this is the teaching that we, we've gotten from the beginning of learning about him up until now. And oh, we are, but Lord, I'm not worthy of your blessing. Now you hear people praying that prayer. I'm not worthy of this. I'm just a cold lost soul. What is, can somebody got sin? Okay, go ahead. Bullets, you know, the bullets that the gun that she blanks. 
Don't hurt nobody. Don't go there with that. So you know that, that's what he's going to do. He's going to kick your butt. Because that's what he knows, the word of God. And guess what? He has an inkling when you start talking if you don't know the word by what you say. He's not all-knowing, but he listens to what you say. And he said, oh, she don't know. Well, this is what I'm going to give her. He don't know, so this is what I'm going to dish out to him. And that's how he operates. See, he, again, the enemy is not all-knowing, but we let him know what we know. It's like you go into, have you ever had to go to a meeting or something, um, like on a job or whatever, you have to go to a disciplinary meeting. And you go in there and you start running out of your mouth. The boss will be sitting there listening. Because a lot of stuff the boss didn't know. Right. But you start running out of your mouth, guess what? You informing him. You setting up ammunition against yourself. We do the same thing with the enemy. Even in our daily conversation, so we have to be careful about what we say. Because he don't know, but he lurking around trying to eavesdrop on your conversation, trying to eavesdrop on your thoughts. And sometimes we let him in. We let him know what's going on. Oh, what's he scared of the dog? Let's do this. Oh, but you don't like it? Let's do that. Oh, she yelled with her. Oh, so we're going to make sure that uh, every time she see her, she's going to have something that's going to make her feel even more jealous for that person. Amen. And so we have to be careful. 
But again, as Adam and Eve had messed up in the garden and sin had entered in, then they felt they had this feeling of unworthiness. They had this feeling of being poor, lost sinners. However, Christ, through his sacrifice that he gave, that he did on the cross, brought us back into right fellowship with God. So therefore, that is not how you should feel about yourself. That is not, those are not the thoughts that you should have about yourself. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. He, he removed all that stuff. But now, we still have some things as individuals that we have to do. We have to constantly crucify our flesh. We have to daily pick up our cross and do what we're supposed to do. Because if not, we get caught up. We say we're Christians. We got the, our last name say Christians. But our character, our behavior, and our conversation don't say nothing near a Christian. And now people are like, huh? Wait a minute. It's not such a church. Wait a minute. Is that? Is that the, is it the first lady? What? You understand what I'm saying? Because nothing about you, what you're doing, or what you're saying, or how you're responding and reacting to things is reflecting Christ. So we have to get out of that. Oh, I'm just, and even in our, especially in our prayer, and I, I, man, I guarantee you as a child coming up, I've heard people say this over and over again, we poor lost sinners. And no, we're not. We're not poor lost sinners. Oh, yeah, and I, I'm not worthy of all you. There's a song that says that. There's a church, a song that says that. Oh, we're not worthy of all these blessings. Yes, I am worthy. But it's not. You know, that's because we're not Absolutely. When a lady first said, oh, Woman there, but I would go to these different things because I wanted more. 
Well, now churches today are offering more. There are a lot of churches that offer a lot of teachings that want, but guess what? People that got in the habit of not going. So they don't go. So then they go and they, they come on Sunday. You can't get it all on Sunday. When, and when Sunday is over, they, their gas tank is empty by the time they get home. Their spiritual gas tank, because they don't they have nothing to build on what they got from Sunday. You need some foundation, and the foundation is the word. The word of God being taught, broken down to you, and clear. But like I said, I was literally born in the church almost. And been there all my life. And still, each day, I'm learning something new about scriptures that I have heard taught, scriptures that I have been encountered with as a kid coming up as a young adult. Now God gives me different revelation and a different understanding. Jesus became our sacrifice. When Jesus died on the cross, he became the perfect, complete sacrifice for our sins. He removed the penalty of sin, which was death. So the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So the death um, that we would have had to suffer for our sins, we don't have to suffer it anymore because of Christ. Jesus is our high priest. He is our way out. Okay? He's our way of escape. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And there are people who don't accept Jesus for who he is. And they just, they just worship God. Just strictly God by himself. Because Jesus is just the cop of the son. He was just near his little boy. You know, they have all these little theories about him. But here the scripture tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can get to God the Father except through him. Amen? So we have to uh, know what the word says. Because you're going to encounter people that's going to tell you. Oh, he's just Jesus. Oh, he's just copying the son. Oh, see, no. That's just Mary's boy. You know? See, ain't nothing great about him. God is the almighty. You know, we do know that God is almighty. He's the father. However, Jesus is his son. And his son is our bridge over to the water. His son is our reconnection back to the Father. Because with Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, we were disconnected from the Father. That sin disconnected us. You know, and so the people in Old Testament times, a lot of them had they that's their own sin. They had to be they were stoned and tongues were cut off and hands were cut off, eyes were Lord, I'm because you imagine if we had to deal with that type of punishment today. The brutal punishment that they had to suffer for their sin. But Jesus, our Lord and Savior, loved us so much that he was our bridge over trouble water. He made a way for us to get out of that stuff, that we did not have to die for our own sin. But you got to have an alliance with him. you got to have a fellowship with him. you got to need to have a relationship with him. Because this is what we need to survive. He's our lifeline. We need him to survive. Amen? Amen. Today we come into, into the presence of God. Still through the veil. We all oh, okay, need to go back. Um, there was a heavy veil in the temple. This is during Old Testament time, which separated the holy place, where only the priests and the ministers could go in to the holy of holies and to worship. That means that they had to go in and they did to kill the sacrifice. And they had to go in and make atonement for their sins. You know, and I thank God we don't have to do that today. Yeah. Because remember, if the priest wasn't right, he'd get so far, and he, he was dead. <laughs> so that means that he was carrying your sins, and he was going in the atonement for you, you was in trouble. Because <laughs> they didn't get to where they needed to be. 
days is, you know, he gives you the other six days do what you want to do. Make Saturday your football day. And you watch the DVR from Sunday. You know, what? but my thing is that people make sacrifices for what they want to. And God is the last thing that they want to make sacrifices for. The kingdom is the last thing they want to make sacrifices for. Well, I can't give no money. You know, I don't get a check once a month. But I have to pay my bills. I have to do this. I remember the old lady. She said, I pray three dollars That's all the money. And I am not giving that back to all my money. I pray one for the building fund, one for the thousand offering, and one for the post office. That's it. I said, wow, mother, that chair you sit in, somebody cleaned it. This building you sit in, this is a large church. They have to gather that. <laughs> that they pay to clean the building. <laughs> you know, um, when you come here on Sunday, they're right. <laughs> they cough. When you, in the wintertime, they're heat. They cough. They talk to you over a mic because there's a lot of church, so they had to have mic. That's it. That's it. They cough. You people don't look at the full cost of it. I'm bringing them three dollars, and that's it. Why? Because we don't want to make sacrifices. Because I feel like if I bring more than three dollars. A preacher going to get more than me. And I got news for you. God has his, his blessings and his favor set up the way he wants it set up. And those of us that work in the kingdom, not just pastors, you can be lay members, be a servant in the kingdom, this one. He got blessings and favor for you that he says you. Anyway. And, you, and only you can tap into it. And you, get, and, you know, we measure things by what we see. We have, you know, you drive a Bentley or you drive a, a Pinto. We measure. He don't have on stuff like that. You know, and the preacher could be driving a Benz and not have enough money to buy gas for Duh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's the choice that he made. You know, so the things that we have are the choices that we make to happen. And if God is a part of that choice making where he gives us favor to get it, then that's about when you buy your kids stuff, you buy your kids what you want them to have. That's your choice. So daddy gives us what he wants us to have by his choice. Amen? Amen. So we can't be measuring what other people have or how you think other people are going to get ahead of you when God has a specific plan and a set of blessings that are just for you. Take you can be here. 
you my pet, so you take the lunch tickets down and you get extra cookies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I, I'm glad to be Jesus' pet. I'm glad to be Jesus' pet. Because I want to get all the extra perks. When you can teach the pet, you get perks, right? So, hey, we are his chosen people. I'm glad to be his own special people. So I can get the perks. Amen. Amen. Um, we are not, we aren't to approach God as poor sinners. Okay, we are not to approach him as poor lost sinners. That we were, now that we are believers, we are part of his chosen generation. Okay, so dismiss that out of your mind. I'm not um, uh, that you're unworthy, you're the poor lost sinner, always me, always me. Get out of that, always me. Because as children of God, we go to to the throne of grace boldly and make our requests known to our Father. Not in fear and trembling in the sense that he's going to strike us down, but in fear and trembling of reverence to who he is and respect. Um, any questions or thoughts before I go on? In 1 Peter 2 and 9, where he talks about us being a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. Oh my Oh, no, um, so we talked about us being a royal gener- uh, chosen generation and a royal priesthood. The Apostle John wrote in the book of Revelation that Jesus has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. Revelation 1, the fifth chapter, I mean, the, chapter 1, the fifth verse, and we're going to read the B part of that verse and verse number 6. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his, his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. To him who loved us, he washed us from our sins with his own blood. And then he made us king and priest. And this God, his father. Isn't that awesome? That's an awesome promotion. You think about a person who comes in as a candidate for baptism, or comes in even as a person who has just been out there in the world in the backslidden tradition, and you come in and you're promoted (laughs) from being the low, lonely, lost sinner that you were out there without Christ to being promoted to the top of the class. Man, you got a double and a triple. You remember when you get them in school, you double and triple to go to the next grade when you way up here. You know, you get out there you way below below the grade because you had no relationship and no connection with the father. And you come in and you go to the top of the class. But it's worth the same. And you can't just walk around, I'm a king, I'm a priest. I'm a I'm royalty. And treat people any kind of way, talk any kind of way, lie, cheat, and connive, you know, all those things that are against the will of God, you can't get your position and then abuse it. Abuse it. And that's why it's important for us to learn. How can I be the best at who I'm supposed to be? Amen. Again, referring back to our position, every believer walking in faith and obedience has the right to enter into God's presence on the grounds of redemption by the blood of Jesus. I'll say that again, because these are our key. These are the key to our uh, staying in our position, staying at that level of their royalness, king, the queen. 
walking in faith and taking all I trust God. That's what that's the acronym for faith. And obedience. Woo, that obedience is a hard thing. Because we want, we, again, I think I talked about this yesterday. We grown, we want to do what we want to do. I'm grown. When I was a kid, I was on the mama's rule, daddy's rule. Now I'm grown. I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to live by my own rules. I want to do what I want to do and do whatever I want to say, whatever I want to say to whomever I want to say. And that's that. As children of God, as believers, in order to walk into this royalty and walk in this royalty and this authority that he has given us, our key to our walk is having faith in God and our obedience to him. Those are the things that give us the right to pass. Those are the things that take us across the boat. Hebrews 10 and 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart, a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. It is those who give the right place and the right value to the blood of Christ who can approach God boldly and confidently in prayer. That's very important. It is those who give the right place and the right value to the blood of Christ are the ones who can approach God boldly and confidently. Have you ever heard of people praying when they start praying? If you can just feel it in the spirit that they, they are bold and they are secure in what they're saying. And then you've heard others pray, and you can hear the weakness in their prayer. They haven't acquired that assurance of that boldness in who they are in Christ. And think about that. He is so fair, so equal about what he does. He doesn't value one person over the other. He loves us all equally as his children and gives us all the same gift, which is the gift of life, the gift of prosperity, the gift of being able to walk in this world with love, peace, harmony, and kindness with our brothers and sisters. He gives us all the same gift. So what do you do with your gift? You put it on the shelf like we do our Bible sometimes when we get home. And you just stay there. And say, it's like, oh, it's time to grab my Bible. Or do you utilize it? Yes. Do you work it? Yes. Do you pray for it? So that you can be a gift not just for yourself personal, but you can be a gift into the kingdom. Lord, how can I be a better person in the kingdom? How can I be more prosperous in what I do for the kingdom so that the kingdom can grow? And I want to be a part of it. I want to see it grow. And I want the church to just grow. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we have a nice big church and a lot of people. But I want it to grow because I've done something to help it grow. I've helped to cultivate it. In my prayer, I've had a prayer language that I've prayed and I've asked God to bring in people, to bring in souls, to bring in the lost, the, 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 the homosexuals come in and they become straight and the lesbians come in and they become straight. And you know, you what am I doing? What do you want me to do to help facilitate the people of God coming back in fellowship with you? 
Because either there are a lot of people who are outside who claim to be a part of the kingdom, but they're not quite living it because they don't know what the word is like. They don't know what the word is like. But they're just like some of us, but we don't know what the word is like. Because we don't spend time anymore. Amen? Any questions, thoughts, or ideas? I have so proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, I really am. I've been doing good. Keeping my time. Uh, my little summary line up before we close out. It says, God created Adam and Eve to have fellowship with him. He came during the cool of the day just to talk with them. But that superb relationship was lost when Adam and Eve came. The authority he delegated to them was surrendered to Satan who became the ruler of this world. God could have turned his back on them, left this planet and everything on it in space control, but he did. The Son of God, Jesus, came to take back from Satan all that humanity had lost. Jesus laid aside his right as God and came to earth as the last Adam. He walked on earth in authority as men and women were created to walk. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for sin. Through his sacrifice, we became a part of the chosen generation. Chosen in him. In him, we became kings and priests. He gave us his name. He gave us his authority. Amen? Amen. Okay. That brings us to the close of our uh, lesson for tonight. I do have one question for it, but I think I'm going to omit it. Yeah, I think I'm going to omit that question for tonight. Amen. Let us close with prayer. God, we thank you. We praise you. Father, we glorify you and we magnify you. Lord, we thank you for this word that we turn on tonight. We pray, oh God, that we will allow that word to be digested in our spirit. Father God, that it may take root deep into our soul. Father God, that it may spring up and bloom in our lives. Father God, that we may be a lovely rose in the kingdom of God. That we may be able to give off a sweet fragrance to all that come in. Then, Lord, as we Prepare to leave this place of God for never your place. Father, we ask you that you just walk with us, ride with us, and keep us until we come together again. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. For those of you that are listening on posture, we pray that this lesson has been a blessing to you. And we pray that we will see you in the morning at 5 a.m. God bless.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.